Welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Movies. I'm Max. I'm Tim. And we are back. <laughs> back in the saddle again. Though to those listening probably won't feel like we were gone that long. Um, but it's been like, I guess, two weeks since uh, we recorded last. Yeah. We had been like sort of recording well in advance of when they were being put online. But we kind of took a week off. And, um, you know, there's a lot that we could talk about right now before we delve into the movie of the night, which is Saved. You know, there's been some film news going on, some some hot topics, if you will. There's a sex scandal going on, and there's... Miscarriages. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I heard that today. <laughs> but really, I don't, I don't care about any of that right now, because the thing I'm most interested in is... Well, the whole reason why we kind of took that week off... Because you had a, uh, a madcap adventure trying to find yourself some employment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we didn't really talk about it when uh, when we, we've we seen each other in person because I'm, I'm like, I kind of want to talk about it on the show. So, so what happened, Tim? What the heck was going on? Well, a few weeks ago, I went to watch Oklahoma at the Hudson Falls Senior High School. <laughs> Well, that is a long time ago. And um, they did a great job. Um, anyway, uh, the, re- the reason I was there is because my sister was going to see her husband's niece play the part of Aunt Eller. And her father, my sister's brother-in-law, said to me, what are you doing for, uh, you know, for work? And I'm, I'm like, nothing right now. And he works at a place called ServePro. And he was like, well, you know, it's it's really great. You get a lot of hours. The pay is really good. And it's a bunch of great guys you work with. And uh, basically, you just, you know, clean. And I'm like, I've cleaned. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll do that. I've done some janitorial stuff working at House of Frankenstein. I I used to work in the bottle room at Hannaford. I've, I've done some stuff. <laughs> now, the bottle room, that's one dirty nasty place i imagine it is Very sticky and stinky the worst was one time somebody uh recycled a bottle that they apparently had pooped in fortunately (laughs) fortunately when i realized this i didn't have to do anything with it i contacted my superior and they contacted some other guy and he had to deal with it and probably someone from surf pro (laughs) yeah apparently that's what surf pro is i ended up uh Working there for two days. If any of you ever talked to my parents, it was three days. For some reason, I don't know, it was a random lie I told. Anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, the pay was okay. It paid less than what I made at Bard. Um, It was was $10 an hour, which, that's good. Um, Yeah. That's more than most jobs that are available right now. And also, that's just, that's... I don't need a lot of money to live off of. And it's just me and my cat. And particularly, I mean, like, there were, there's a lot of hours involved. So, yeah. like, that $10 an hour would add up pretty quickly. Yeah, the guy I was working with my first day, he said that a few weeks he'd worked, like, 72 hours. And, I mean, everything after 40 hours is $15 an hour because time and a half. Mm-hmm. And then the two days I worked there, I worked 20 hours between the two days. So, 
the first day wasn't horrible. I mean, nobody really, there was no training. You just, I kind of showed up that first day and, um, they put me in a, in a, in a truck and sent me away. (laughs) And earlier that day, you sort of naively messaged me and said like, Hey, you know, it's my first day. Um, hopefully I'll be getting out early and we can record the podcast and you know i was told like yeah come in monday around seven fifty, and you know we'll get you uh we'll fit you with a uniform and we'll uh have you do some paperwork when in actuality what, what it was was uh it was a full day like you go in at seven fifty, and i was told like oh yeah usually you're done around five thirty. so i figured oh well we tend to record around six so that works out great no um <laughs> I worked 10 hours and 40 minutes that day. Uh, I got out at 6.30, and uh, and I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. And it was I mean, we did, we went to Saratoga. There's this house next to the Waldorf School, which we were just ripping apart. And um, I, I actually, I, I didn't mind that part of the job where it was just, like, me alone with yeah, a hammer breaking shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, it was actually pretty fun. Just, like, it's like, okay, Tim, see this bathroom here? You rip it apart. And I was just smashing the walls and ripping boards apart and stuff. And, like, if it had been a cooler day, maybe it would have been more fun. But I don't know. So so that's what basically this business does. They they are sort of hired to go to these places that nobody else wants to really deal with. Yeah. Clean up the mess that... It's, yeah, like it's a, a dirty job. Basically. A little after lunch, uh, we got a call. Um, me and uh, the guy I was paired with that day, that poor guy who got stuck with the new guy who didn't know what he was doing. Right. <laughs> um, uh, we got sent down to Albany to this big building on Swan Street where the uh, the American Cancer Foundation had offices and uh, the ceiling was leaking because a pipe... Something was messed up with a pipe and... Uh, we were told by our boss that, like, the leak had stopped, there's this water collected in the ceiling, and you just got to clean up what's there. Well, that's That wasn't true. It was, like, raining in there. And um, it was just, it was a mess. And I felt so bad for the guy I got paired with, because I really did, like, unless he told me to do something, I was just standing there, because I didn't know what to do yeah, and yeah. where anything went. It was mostly just lugging fans and dehumidifiers and stuff up, like, a couple flights of stairs and, like, there was an elevator, but like it didn't, it wasn't always available. But then the second day, that was so, the main so, problem. So after the first day, were you still kind of thinking like, you know, wow, this was this is hard work. You know, it's a little harder than I thought it was going to be. But you know, I can still, I well, can, I can see it out. I can when, see this through. Fortunately, when I got the day that I had my interview for this job and I got hired, I had also applied at the YMCA and I found out that like oh yeah we you know you can come in for an interview like they told me that like the day before I started at Serve Pro so there was always like in the back of my mind like there's this other job in the future right so I'm like okay well I'll just work at Serve Pro for like one month just to catch up on some money mm-hmm. and then you know and then put in my notice or whatever and then go over to the Y but then after the first day I was like one week <laughs> I'll work here one week. <laughs> and then my second day, that was the day. That was, I had to drive a van down to Amsterdam. Fortunately, I was following people because I've never been to Amsterdam before. I had no idea where it was. Basically, you just get off the Northway in Malta and follow 67 for like an hour or something. But <sighs> we got to this house 
and it was like four, there were four yeah it was four stories the fourth story was an attic uh pigeons had gotten into the attic and um had made a mess so we go up there to see what's wrong and it's just matted with pigeon shit mm -hmm. there were we found two pigeon bodies mm -hmm. there might have been more um sort of like mummified and shit they were new like or not new but i mean there weren't maggots on them or anything they couldn't have been too old they had sent us some equipment that we were supposed to rig up as like a shoot out of one of the windows where we'd put all the stuff we were getting rid of we had to get rid of everything in there because it was you know just that's not clean. And, yeah, it's like one of those um, garbage chutes that goes out the window down to like the driveway. Or yeah, whatever. there was we had a huge dumpster parked in the uh, in the driveway. We we're just supposed to, but it was too big for the window, so we were gonna have to carry all the bags of shit covered garbage down mm -hmm. the flights of stairs and just throw it into the dumpster. You know, whenever I see one of those chutes or whenever I think about one, the thing I always think of is Home Alone Two. It's been a long time. I don't remember a shoot. Because there's like an, uh, like an abandoned apartment building or something, and one of those shoots is on the outside. I can't remember if Kevin jumps in and slides down, or like he sends one of either Harry or Marv down. Uh, I always think of um, the peanut butter solution, where the kid climbs up the chute at the beginning, and he sees whatever he... I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. He sees something, and it causes him to like pass out and lose his hair. Have you seen the peanut butter solution? No, I have not. It's a terrifying fucking movie. Well, maybe not now, but when I was like 10, it was like the scariest fucking made-for-TV movie with music by Celine Dion I've ever seen. Whoa. <laughs> and it sounds so innocent, too. The peanut butter solution. <laughs> no, well, there's, anyway, there's just, ghosts and kidnapping. And so. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, I just tried so, to inject a little bit of movie talk in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... It was just like the whole... It was going to be a two-day thing anyway, so we didn't end up having to carry any bags out. Uh, we just left the bags in there for the next day. And when you show up at 7.50 in the morning, you never know where you're going to get sent, so right. you know it might not have been the same guys going to the same place. Um, so we just spent the whole day just going through... With, you know, wearing our hazmat suits and gas masks and like two pairs of gloves and just... I we had a lunch break and on my lunch break I couldn't I brought food I didn't want to touch my food even though you know I was wearing gloves I took them off for my break but I was just like I don't feel clean mm. so I didn't eat all day because <laughs> I just I would have because there wasn't no, like working sink in there you can wash your hands or something. no I would have had to have asked the nice lady well I say nice lady I was very upset with her by the end of the day because she <laughs> I can't really get mad at somebody else for being a hoarder because I I have my tendencies like that I guess mm -hmm. but I just so what, so what was uh, she hoarding? She had a very extensive rock collection. Rocks. If you're going to have a rock collection, just I know nobody plans for disaster, but just in case at some point somebody's going to have to remove things from your house in an emergency, keep it on your ground floor. Because whoever had to go back the next day had to carry the rock collection down three flights of stairs and then throw it into a dumpster. I mean, what kind of rocks are we talking here? There were a lot of very interesting looking, like, gem type thing like crystals and uh some cool stuff they were all labeled and and we just threw them in bags and threw them out um the frustrating wow. things were there was i know this would have uh, upset you mm. there was a vintage muppet show poster from the 70s that had to be thrown out there were uh that hurts my heart yeah 
there was a huge stack of hardcover uh like film history books from the 70s and early 80s see okay so now when you're in there and you see this muppet poster is this where you're like this is the perk of the job right here i see this thing it's gonna get thrown out like i could have taken it it was all yeah we could take whatever we wanted but it was it had pigeon shit on it ah one guy took two lawn chairs and um a spool of cable so there are no like sort of rules about like you can't take anything everything has to be thrown out if they tell you that everything has to be thrown out then it's up for grabs that's pretty sweet see that like when you originally told me this whole like what the job was and stuff and you're like i'm you know (laughs) i'm gonna start working there i was like on the one hand it's like it's this manual labor and a shit job where you're literally cleaning shit yeah and like this isn't even from the sounds of it from what you told me originally like this isn't even like the worst of what some of these guys have to deal with when they're working these jobs like they go to like crime scenes and like yep they've one guy was saying he'd had to clean brain off of a wall yeah that is fucked up yeah Um, you get a you get i guess if you go to a crime scene you get like a 50 dollar bonus that day oh that's you know something but I mean, <laughs> but a I little don't... piece of your soul is lost forever. Yeah. So you know, like, yeah, it's like kind of a fucked up job. But on the other hand, like, I kind of like the idea of like going into other people's houses and digging through all of their old shit. Yeah. Because you find the, the the golden nuggets of the diamonds in the rough. There was a there was a share album on vinyl, covered in pigeon shit. Mm. Babylon Five models, mm. covered in pigeon shit. See now, like when you say like the like the Muppet poster was covered in pigeon shit, like how how covered was it? Like, it had was pigeon it... shit on it. It wasn't covered because I could see what it was and stuff. And mm-hmm. but you you felt that it was beyond cleaning. <sighs> I mean, all right, people pick on me sometimes because I don't really like germs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well then why this job is just not the right kind of job right right yeah okay like as soon as I told like my sister what I had to do that day she was like did you just piss your pants as soon as you walked it because like I uh, I don't know I just I I feel I washed my hands like a lot and it was like there was never anywhere to wash your hands it was like bugging me so much like and I couldn't I, you know, you're up there, you're working all day, you're sweating, and I couldn't, like, just move my hair out of my face or wipe sweat from my brow right, because there was pigeon shit on my hand. Right, yeah. On my glove, I should say. But there were, um, what I've convinced myself were home movies up there mm. because there were film cans. And you always hear about people finding movies oh. that have been lost for decades in film can like, in attics and stuff. But they were very small. They were like... Probably 8 millimeter. Yeah, they were 8 millimeter stuff. Um, and they were with a bunch of like slides and I held like one of the sides up and it was clearly like a touristy vacation type thing. So but even that like, kind of stuff, like, you don't know what's on that. <sighs> but that stuff, well, not the slides, but the film cans, that was covered. But the, but the film inside is good. I know, but you'd have to open the shit covered oh, can. Tim. <laughs> Do you realize there's a, there's this auction going on that I just heard about, and I don't know the legitimacy of it, but apparently there is like this film print of a uh, a sex tape or a sex film, I guess, of JFK, Marilyn Monroe, 
and RFK. This is all one time. One, yeah, all three it was like together. a threesome, and it's up for auction now. The kind like the the film has never been publicly shown. The person who owned it saw it and was like, he's like a huge baseball fan, and he was like, I don't want to disparage the the memory of Joe DiMaggio <laughs> because this would be harming. But the, it was his ex-wife, though. Yeah. So why... Like, he's like, yeah, I guess he was a diehard, like, Joe DiMaggio fan and was like, you know, didn't want the the thing to be seen. I could see, like, if you were a huge, like, Arthur Miller fan, because that, in the early 60s, she was married to Arthur Miller, but I don't know. Now, I... All right. So I only have a sister. I don't have a brother or anything. Like, would you do that with Luke and some girl? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder about that, like... Like uh, that, I mean, in <laughs> the contents of that, like, I'm assuming that was probably shot on, like, 8mm or whatever it is. You don't know what was in that film can? <sighs> it could have been anything. See, like, that kind of job, like, for me, it would almost be... Like, <laughs> Kayla would be so mad at me because I'd come home with, like, a Muppet poster covered in pigeon shit and she'd be like what are you doing with that I'm like i'm gonna clean it <laughs> <laughs> and be bring dragging it into the apartment so you know you probably showed stronger restraint than i have i it's hard for me to throw anything away i could easily become like a hoarder i think yeah after when i got home that night i was like looking around my house like okay <laughs> What now? This is all covered in pigeon shit. Somebody has to come in here and clean. Like, right. what would they think? And I'm looking around. I'm like, but anyway, yeah. So at the end of that day, or well, actually, on my lunch break, I talked to my contact at the YMCA uh, via Facebook. <laughs> and um, insider, I was like, hey, instead of having the interview Saturday morning, could we just do it tomorrow? And she's like, sure. So when we got back to uh, headquarters after the we're done with the pigeon house, I just went up to the boss and was like, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Do I have to sign anything to leave this job? <laughs> He's like, no, you're good. I just had to give him back my gloves, my boots and my gas mask. Did you have to wa- take the walk of shame out of there with like, you know, all of your co-workers? I told everybody before I told the boss. Because we were, like, unloading the trucks and everything. Um, and like, you was... know what, fellas? Like, I ain't coming back. <laughs> I don't think they were surprised. <laughs> Did they give you, like, sort of nasty kind of looks? Or, like, oh, this guy, you know, softy over here. Big softy. Can't take it. I think there's... Well, there, are only ten, there were only ten of us. And I think what and it is... That's a lot. I, think, I feel like there's, like, the, there's nine guys... And then every few weeks, they get a 10th guy who just doesn't work out. Right, yeah. Because they kept making references to, like, how there's, like, such a big turnover. Mm-hmm. But everybody I worked with kept talking about how they'd been there for a really long time. So so they're probably used to just people coming in and being like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, so at some point, I'll be starting at the Y. I don't know when yet. Um, if any of you out there uh, end up talking to my parents, I started today. <laughs> I don't know why I keep lying about things like this. I just don't want them to worry about uh, me making money. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, oh, man. We are so soft. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just, like, not that kind of a manly man. You know? <laughs> to go in and do, like, hard manual labor for an entire day. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'd never done it before. And it wasn't even, I mean, like, I'm definitely not a, like, manly man who can do stuff like that all the time, but it wasn't that part of it that really bugged me. It was just the, the filthiness of it. Mm. It was the, the, the germiness and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny, like, I, <laughs> I like, I can do that kind of a thing, like, even for, like, a week, but, like, it has to be, like, I don't mind going in and sort of getting my hands dirty with something. If I was, like, cleaning up a place that I was, like, going to... That was somehow personal to me, you know? I was like, oh, I've got to go to this... To my garage or something. Yeah, look back at all the, all the work all you guys put into the garage at the Phelps house. Yeah, we did all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, we spent, all, like, so much time, like, going into some nasty stuff, cleaning it out, yeah. going up on the roof, tarring the roof in the, during the summer, like, doing all kinds of shit. Like, I'm not, like you know a stranger to that kind of stuff it's just the relentlessness of it you know just every day every week every month just endless for 10 hours yeah for 10 hours or more just like non-stop doing that that would that would get to me that would wear me down and no one who worked there seemed to be very like fit which confused me because after that, like yeah yeah after those two days I was like wow I feel really like I had a good workout right. like I'm gonna be like really ripped in a couple of weeks and I'm looking around and I'm like or not like, what is with <laughs> these guys what like because they probably go home and just drink just drink their well why not if that's what you drink like, the pain away after spending a day scrubbing brains off a wall yeah what else are you gonna do you can only go so that so long without just you know, needing to just be drunk every night, especially if you, I mean, if you've done that, like, you know, if you're, if you've made your career out of that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, the guy I was working with the first day, he was 50 and he had like four kids and stuff. And he said, uh, he'd been doing like that kind of work for 15 years, but he'd only been at surf pro for three months. Mm. But, um, and like, I just, I can't imagine doing that for that long. Yeah. At the end of the day, the thing that would send me to the drink would be watching that Muppet poster get crumbled up and thrown into the dumpster. Yeah. And just and, and not just that, but like you know, and like even just like the home movies and stuff, just like seeing people's whole lives just kind of like thrown in the dumpster. And so many paintings that were clearly like I don't know if it was the woman who lived there or her kids or something. There were like stuff like that, mm -hmm. like. Like, you think back, like, growing up, like, all the drawings and stuff you ever did for, like, your grandparents or your aunts and uncles and stuff. Like, oh, whatever happened to them? They get thrown out with fish and shit eventually. <laughs> like, Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, you just look around at, like, all of the stuff that you accumulate over your life. And you just think, like, well, what's, what's all going to happen to this stuff? <laughs> the stuff that, like, I, you care about now, but you know 50 60 years later like it's all a bunch of pigeon shit 
I feel like I need a drink now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are you glad that you're that that whole trial is over? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could still get paid, but um. Well, you'll you'll get paid for those two days. Yeah, I get paid for the two days. I get paid on Friday. I should, I should probably call and find out how that's happening. I don't know if they mail it or if I have to go back and get it. Awkwardly go back and be like, oh, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm the guy who uh, couldn't hack it forever. I think if they'd had me fill out my paperwork, like my W-4 and all that stuff, if, if I'd done that my first day instead of my second day, I probably just wouldn't have come back the second day. But you had to go back. Yeah, so because there was no paid, record yeah. of me working there. <laughs> they could have been like, who are you? What? We've right, never met yeah. you before. So. Hopefully they filed that stuff at some point. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, I guess we should get into the movie of the of the evening. Yeah, the movie this week is a suggestion from uh, Erica Catalano. Because as you might recall, the theme this month is listener requests. And um, the movie is saved. Or, well, I guess it's saved! Yeah. Because <laughs> there's an exclamation point at the end of it. That's true. Have you seen it before? I had not seen it before. I had gone out of my way to not see it for years. Because it came out in 04, 2004. <laughs> not 1904. And, um... <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, I had been dating a uh, a a Christian girl, off and on for like three years. We broke up for the sixth and final time on uh, December twenty third, two thousand two. But there was still like lingering nonsense for like another year after that. Mm. Um, so when a movie came out. That was like I and I knew like well actually I didn't know what I've thought for years was that the movie was just making fun of Christians, but like I like even if it was like making fun of it I just it was something I just I wanted to avoid the subject completely because I just didn't want to think about her or anything it hit too close to home yeah so like it's she's actually uh, my experience with that girl that's the same reason that I never watched Fight Club well not now now it's just because I just haven't but for years I avoided Fight Club because of her for. Different reasons, but same girl. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't seen it before. You? Nope, I hadn't seen it. Um, and I kind of... I remember when it came out, seeing like commercials on TV and stuff. Um, this was two, you know, 2004, so I was in high school. Well, depending on what time of, of the year it came out, I guess. Um, but I was like 17 or 18 years old. And the big turnoff for me was Mandy Moore, I guess. Many more turns you off. Interesting. Well, <laughs> see, the, completely the opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, it, it was just like back in, in those days, I had like a real sort of bias against like, oh, that's just like this pop star, you know? Yeah. Because there, there was so many. And rightly like, so, really, at the time. At the time, it was just like there were the Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera Mandy Moore, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. It was just, like, all of these, like, super poppy, like, uh, artists were just huge, just astronomically huge. What's weird is that 
I, I always remember hearing of her music, but I don't think I ever heard her music. I only knew of her as an actress. I know that at one time I knew one of her songs, but I was trying to think today after I watched the movie, I'm like, what what the heck was the song that I knew? Because I remember it's like, I have vague remem- like recollections of like a music video. Because that, that's the thing is like those songs were just like just everywhere to the point where like I never owned any of the, of the music. I never sought it out. I never like actively listened to the radio stations in which they were played. But God damn it. I know so many of those songs by heart because like, I know <laughs> as we've demonstrated in the past, we have singing Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, uh, it was just everywhere. And it was the same reason why I, I was turned off to Moulin Rouge when it came out. Even after some of my friends had said, had seen it and were like, it's, it's really good. Just like the commercials with like Christina Aguilera. Like, oh, okay. I was trying to think like, and I'm just like, oh, it looks like a, just a bad MTV music video. Like, I don't want to see that movie. But a lot of people thought it was a good MTV music video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. So, you know, for years I just dismissed it as just like, oh, that's just, you know, that pop crap. I, di- I didn't even really pay any attention to it. The thing that I did pay attention to was the fact that Macaulay Culkin was in it. And that was kind of like one of the first roles that he had sort of come back into acting with. Yeah, because that and Party Monster were like around the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and it was weird just seeing him as like this, you know, he's playing this kid who's in a wheelchair. And it was like, it was just weird to see him grown up. He was just such that Kevin McAllister, you know. So there was interest there to see him back in the acting game. But yeah, and then after, you know, it came and went and like i honestly haven't thought of this movie since i haven't heard anything about it or given it any sort of thought until its suggestion and uh my initial reaction was kind of like oh that movie with mandy moore really (laughs) (laughs) but you know after watching the movie like that's all it really is is just bias you know because Mandy Moore is good in it. She's she was a good actress. Yeah. So you know, that was my that was my oversight. I'm not too familiar with her as an actress, and I I had always thought that she was one of those people who like she'd done a bunch of movies a few years ago and then just kind of like went away. I didn't realize that she's been doing like she was like Rapunzel and Tangled. I didn't realize that. Oh really? I yeah. didn't know that. Like either. she's been doing like. Uh, voice work and stuff mm. um but yeah i saw chasing liberty not to be confused with first daughter which is the movie in which katie holmes plays the daughter of the president who's played by michael keaton in chasing liberty mandy moore plays the daughter of the president who's played by mark Harmon. <laughs> they're both around the same time because mm. that always happens yeah it's weird <laughs> like here's the president daughter movie yeah and there's another one out now i think or coming out or something. Really? Where the president's daughter is, like, kidnapped or something. And I'm assuming, like, Liam Neeson has to track him down. <laughs> uh, okay. These were both, like, romantic comedies. Right. Where... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was it was, it was not good. <laughs> and I also saw... Well, I didn't see. I saw, like, a few minutes of Because I Said So, 
I was curious about it because it, I don't know where it stands now, but for a while there was like this list of like, you know, on IMDb, they have all the ratings of the movies and like for years, Shawshank yeah. Redemption was the top. I yep. don't know where it is now. I think it's, I think it's at number one. It was dethroned a little while when uh, The Dark Knight first came out. And the Dark Knight was number one for huh. like a couple weeks or like a month or two or something. But I think Shawshank is back on uh, number one. But I know for a while, like there there was like this list I was reading of like the bottom 25 or something yeah, because yeah. I said so was there. And I was like, that movie like just came out. Why is that already there? Well, like, that's what happens is like stuff comes out and there's that immediate like polarizing reaction or yeah. it's like, you know, oh, this is absolutely terrible. <laughs> Worst movie ever. Or it's the best movie ever. And like a bit, based on the few minutes I watched and reviews I read, like it deserved its place down there, but... Oh man, I I, <laughs> I just flashed back to like seven years ago. I was like tracking the uh, the the top one hundred <laughs> movie list on IMDb for like a couple weeks. Like every day, I'd go and check because it you know it changes like in real time like, yeah. as people vote and stuff or rate movies. Not it's not voting, but I was seeing. I would go down the list and like check it against like yesterday's list and like oh this one moved up a lot and like. <laughs> That means I have to change the order of the DVDs on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit. Uh, that that's just like the most pointless task to try to. But my my thinking was like I want to have a list of like every movie that's ever been in the top one hundred. Right. But. Uh, yeah, just a waste of time. <laughs> but yeah, no, she she was good and saved, and uh, and I really liked Saved. I was surprised, and I really, like, going into it, I just, I always thought it was going to be, like, this kind of snarky, like, anti-Christian movie that was just, like, it's so easy to make fun of, like, whatever, like, the most popular ideology is. Right. And I I thought it would just be, like, shooting fish in a barrel type jokes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, um, I also, I always, in my mind, like, sort of put it with, like, these other movies that came out, like... Not really at the same time, but, like, a lot of people I knew were, like, watching them around the same time. Like, uh, Camp, which was at, like, a, it took place at, like, a theater camp. Mm. And, um... It, it reminded me of, a But I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah, and that was, that's the other one I was going to mention. Right. And what's weird about that, it, did you watch, you watched it on Netflix? What? Saved? Saved? Yeah. So, at the end of the movie, when, which, I don't really watch much stuff on Netflix, um, and this kind of pissed me off that it did this. When the movie proper ended and the end credits started, mm-hmm. the window got really small. Ah, uh, yeah. And the whole, the most of the screen was taken up with like, you might also like. Right. And it's like, what is this bullshit? The movie's not over yet. <laughs> uh, like, I wonder if they do that for movies that have like stuff in the end credits. Or, um, well, like, the, the thing with Netflix is like, it's that sort of formatting thing is different for depending on what device you're watching it on. So I'm assuming you watched it on a, on a computer. Yeah. So that's like the internet browser version does that. Right. I watched it on on the Wii U, the Nintendo Wii U, and it didn't do that. Oh, okay. because uh, I, I knew that it does it does it for TV though, right? Like our TV shows, because it does like yeah, the next episode. It'll have like, like an autoplay thing, like yeah. uh, you know, next episode starting in five. And like <laughs> at first, and you're I, like, wait, 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 I don't <laughs> want it to start yet. Yeah, and at first I thought like they were gonna show me this other movie, but it was, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh yeah, which is really weird because like I always paired them yeah i remember seeing that like on like comedy central or something yeah. a long time ago i never watched it but it was one of the like that same like group of movies that, yeah 
and that that's a movie for those unfamiliar with uh with it is like a girl natasha uh, leone yeah high school girl is basically like accused by her parents of being a lesbian and sent to this like camp where they're going to convert her back to the the straight life mm. and that it like happens in this movie too yeah. with a character and um but yeah i liked that saved didn't do that i mean it does there there are a lot of jokes in it like kind of like take not taking shots but jokes aimed at people who just don't they seem to have the wrong idea of what they're doing Mm -hmm. but it's it's not aimed directly at like christianity as a whole there's no evil people even mandy morris character there's no evil people in this movie everybody has their reasons everyone's just confused nobody knows what they're supposed to do yeah which i think is is the most sort of uh poignant statement on christianity or like any kind of religion is that like there are an infinite number of ways you can interpret something like the bible yeah and that's what people do they 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 just interpret it to their own worldview and then try to say that that is what the truth is right and it's (laughs) frustrating and it's very frustrating because people can't sort of like see beyond that to understand that people have different viewpoints of how to interpret things. There has to be an absolute. And like at the end of the movie, they talk about like, Oh, you know, the, the Bible is black and white. Um, There is no gray. And she's like, it's all gray. When literally that's the thing. It's like, (laughs) it is all gray. That's like it, it. I've, all right. So I have a Christian friend named Nick and, um, we meet from time to time at coffee planet and we talk about, uh, the Bible and Christianity and stuff. Cause it's not something that, I mean, I grew up in the Episcopal church, which is like a more casual church. It's the American version of the church of England. And it's basically like, Oh, it's Sunday time to go to church. Oh, church is over. Okay. Back to regular life. Right. And like, so it's, and I never really like studied any of it. And it's just, I've always, I mean, so much of our culture and everything just like seems to come from this. Yeah. That I'm curious about like where all these ideas came from. Yeah, so, definitely. and it's very interesting to talk about whether you believe or not. And, um, these conversations can get very frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. because he has this very definite definition of what it is to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like we'll talk about certain like hot button issues, like homosexuality and stuff. And I'll say, okay, what if somebody, uh, is a homosexual, but they also believe that Jesus Christ died for his sins and therefore he's going to go to heaven. And he's like, well, if he really believes then he wouldn't be gay. And it's like, but let's say he is gay and he's struggling with it because he feels that he shouldn't act on it. He should keep these feelings inside because it would be a sin to act on them. And he's like, well, he would just need to pray about it and truly believe. And I'm like, but that's not like, it's, it's so frustrating because you can't get through that wall sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's like, if it's, it's almost like, oh, if you're not now, you never will be. Cause it's impossible to understand from the outside. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny to for any like it's 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 mind blowing because 
Christianity is filled with like seemingly hundreds of different sects within it. Yeah. And each one has its own slightly different interpretation of the gospel. So I don't see how like any one of them can say like, you know, ours is the real interpretation and everybody else is is blind or everybody else is living in sin or whatever it is because they're all playing for the same team here you know <laughs> like yeah and like it should, they're all like the 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 core belief is the same that like you know Jesus died for all of our sins and like we will be forgiven in the next life and all this kind of stuff we're but, recording this the day after Easter, by the way. I that is true, yeah. Easter. So, you know, this is very uh, relevant. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of wrap my mind around how people can kind of, like, choose to ignore that fact. Because I, I, I feel that, like, a lot of people who are, who claim to believe these things are fooling themselves and i think deep down that they they know that they're fooling themselves because i don't know how you can possibly be like that closed-minded we when you can look in your own religion and see that there are other people saying that have different ideas yeah you know and still say that like no like mine is the real one and disparage everybody else because of it i feel like they should constantly be asking questions like even if you consider yourself a Christian, it's like you should just wake up every day and just start questioning everything. And I feel like it would reaffirm your faith. And that yeah, that's like, the thing. But they don't want to question. Like, and I say they in mm-hmm. like a broad sense. Right. I'm I, I don't know. I'm stereotyping and stuff, I guess. But like a lot of people mm-hmm. who consider them Christians don't question it at all. And then when somebody else questions it, even innocently, just out of curiosity, they're like oh, well, what about this passage? You know, what does this mean in relation to this? And they're like, no, you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, tell me. Help me out here then. <laughs> yeah. I was raised um, in a Christian household. Um, my father, for as long as I have can remember, has worked at a church, a Presbyterian church. But despite that fact, we went to a Methodist church every Sunday and I went to Sunday school through this Methodist uh, Methodist church and I was pretty active in like, you know, there are different kind of youth programs and stuff like that, like uh, choir and um, being involved with like the, like the communion and, you know, lighting the candles and all that kind of, were you an acolyte? And, yeah. An acolyte and like, not sure. Shit. And, you know, we did like um, stuff like the crop walk and just like all, all these kinds of various, um, programs and activities and stuff so watching saved like i kind of it kind of brought me back a little bit to like seeing like people who you know seeing like those kids in the movie kind of remind me of certain kids that i knew when i was you know doing involved with all the church now granted like the methodist church is way different than what's being portrayed in this movie so like my experience wasn't uh like what's shown in the movie at all but there were there were certain glimmers of like you know the way that people that some kids would think you know and the way that some kids and their families just seemed so darn perfect i guess is is the word i was never really exposed to any of that 
growing up until like the end of high school when I started seeing that girl and like I was like talking to her family and stuff and mm. it was just so weird to me. Yeah. And how like she went to like um the Word of Life camp up on Scroon Lake. And like one of her counselors there actually said like, "Oh, you're dating a non-Christian, then you have to break up with him because that's the that's wrong and stuff." And like, she called from camp and was like, "I think we have to break up." And I'm like, wow. "Why? What's going on? Did you meet some <laughs> other guy there?" And she's like, "No, my counselor said I should probably break up with you." And I'm like, "Is your counselor a guy?" <laughs> um, <laughs> turns out no, but I, I don't know. It was just yeah, it was just so weird to like and. I, I couldn't figure out why, like, wait, why is it okay to say fuck but not goddamn and things like that? Like, which, I mean, it makes sense. Which, like, which was shown in a really great scene in the movie. Yeah. Where after she finds out that she's pregnant, she, like, goes and looks up at this cross on the side of a church and says, shit, fuck. And then sort of, like, under her breath, it's like, goddamn it. <laughs> which, which is great because it's like, you know, She's trying to find the words to sting, you know? Yeah. And even fuck pales in comparison to, you know, goddamn. Well, cause, I mean, like, and at the time, I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. But, like, now it's like, well, yeah, there's it's a commandment, you know, thou shalt yeah. not take the Lord's name in vain. But I don't know. It's, goddamn it is such a, it's such an easy word to just throw out there. And, like, I say it all the time. And, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I don't get what's wrong with, oh, my God. Everybody's like, oh, you should say, oh, my gosh. It's like what the hell's gosh? Like what? <laughs> what is what does what does the word gosh mean? Gosh, gosh, but gosh. <laughs> I don't know. It's like saying poop instead of shit. It's just yeah. You're still saying shit, and everybody knows you're saying shit. Yeah. I don't know. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, luckily, my my parents didn't. Like the, everything in my life growing up didn't revolve around Jesus and the church yeah. and living your life that way. It was more like what you were saying, like, you know, you have your life and then every Sunday you go to church and you spend, you know, half of that day kind of thinking about that. And then you just go back to your regular life. I just can't imagine like living like some of the kids in this movie where literally every part of your life is has Jesus or God involved in it somehow whether it's like the music that you listen to or the shows you watch on TV or you know the summer camp you go to everything is literally like built around have that. you ever have you ever listened to any christian music oh yeah yeah it's it's so weird like I don't I mean there are there are like uh artists I like who are Christian and sometimes it comes up in the music. Mm-hmm. But to just like have that like every song be about Christianity like I mean and you know like if that's all you're ever thinking about and how you're living your life then that makes sense but it's just I can't imagine like only listening to that. Yeah, or like only only watching movies that have that message. Only watching television shows which is what they show um uh, in mary's mother and her family like they're watching these like bible trivia shows and like you know these like lifetime movies about like finding god and stuff and to me as i was watching it i'm like you know it's it's a lot like if you basically just like swapped out 
it's, and it's not it's not even the fact that like you know like you can like that stuff i don't have a problem with that it's just like if you think that that's a good thing then like that's great but if you take any one good thing and just like build your whole life experience around it like it's just a boring life like it would be like if if you're like i only watch movies and listen to music that involves spongebob you know it's like i only go and watch like rock bands that every song they sing about spongebob or you know i only watch movies where it's about spongebob in some way or you can swap it out with any character like batman you know if you're watching like batman's awesome but like if you're watching and reading and doing everything about batman it's just like what kind of a life is that it's like my friend nick who i go to coffee planet with sometimes he uh like sometimes I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm close to conversion. So like, let's do like a checklist. Like, if, like, how am I doing on the Christian checklist <laughs> of how? And like, basically, what it always comes down to is like, I'm not thinking about God all the time. I'm not thinking mm. about Jesus all the time. I'm just, I'm living my life. Right. And that really bugs him because <laughs> yeah. he's like, no. If you become Christian, it's just, it's all that. And like, you know, you, you, you probably won't. Like the the main thing that pisses me off is like you probably won't be into the same kind of movies and I'm like, well, and like you know, blasphemous or not, it's like if I had to pick a god, it's cinema. Like film, <laughs> film is like, like I'm always thinking about movies. When yeah. I'm listening to music, I'm thinking about movies. When I'm reading a book, I'm thinking about movies. When I'm talking to people just at a party or something, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about movies, and I usually end up talking about movies to those people at the party because I don't know like. I don't want to cheat on movies with God. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just weird to like, and it's one of those things where, you know, maybe this, this is like a big thing. Like you want to get to people when they're young, if you're going to convert them to a different religion, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, one of the amusing thing is, I think it might be the opening line in the movie where she says like, I've been born again since I was, since I was like, born. Or, yeah. I've been born again like, since I was born. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, which the girl I was dating, she was like, yeah, I was, bo- I got born again when I was four. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking back on like, what did I believe in when I was four? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I really I believed in the then. color purple. <sighs> <laughs> you know, like what? The Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, you are always thinking about movies. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Wait, when did the color purple come out? 85. Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't even born yet when the color purple came out. <laughs> that's funny i didn't even think about that one time i had a this girl was at my house just a couple years ago and she saw the color purple like i have the dvd i haven't watched it yet still even though this is a couple years ago it was just like sitting on my floor uh in my room and she was like the color purple isn't that a black movie i'm just like no, it's a purple movie. And I just like quickly <laughs> diffused that bomb. Like it was like, why would you say something like that? That's horrible. <sighs> anyway, um I really liked Jenna Malone in this. Yeah. I haven't seen her in much. Donnie Darko is basically what I know. Donnie Darko. Um she was in that Zack Snyder movie Sucker Punch. No idea what that is. <clears throat> it's a terrible movie. Okay. Um, well, you said that. Zack Snyder. <laughs> So I assumed. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, was she in Sin City? I don't remember her in Sin City. I think she was I one of... I haven't seen it since I, it came out. I'm pretty sure she was in Sin City, but I might be thinking of Sucker Punch because it kind of is a similar style. I really liked how 
completely superficial. Like she's like this gorgeous actress, but she's she seems like you know like you could meet this person. She's a real person. Yeah, she seems like she's just a very she's like the girl next door. Basically. Yeah, and what added to it is she had like zits, and you I mean like they were just right there mm-hmm. and they were like you could see them and it's like the movie is like yeah what girls have zits that's fine and they can still be hot yeah and you were just like watching and like i don't, I don't know and then like later manny moore's character like flips out because she has a zit mm-hmm. and it's like this big traumatic experience and it's just like well you know jenna malone's dealing with it calm down i, I don't know but I enjoyed that. It was just like this. And even when she starts like wearing like big floppy clothing and is kind of like, you know, trying to cover up her baby bump. Yeah. Yeah. She never really stops looking good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really, and I, I really enjoyed how, uh, it kind of reminded me of, um, you haven't seen rebel without a cause, right? Nope. Uh, part of it reminded me of that, but like other movies do this too, where there's, like at the beginning of the movie there's like these various like social circles and stuff like that and then over the course of the film it's like this new sort of form of family right happens like the, the breakfast club to a degree um <laughs> but i mean it's like uh, these kids from like you know various yeah. circles kind of like um, all become friends and because like uh, macaulay culkin's character and the jewish outcast girl mm-hmm and Jenna Malone's character, they all marry, sorry, um, they just sort of, like, form this new group. Yeah. And then, like, at the end of the movie, you've got this, uh, the film ends in almost the exact same way that a really great film I watched for the first time last week ends. And, like, I don't, I'm, well, the movie is flirting with disaster, this David O. Russell comedy from 96, and I won't tell you specifics because mm-hmm. you should see the movie and it'll kind of, I don't want to ruin anything. But like it ends with like a picture being taken and it's like, oh, well, family doesn't necessarily mean family. Right. Like here's a picture of a family, a new kind of family. Yeah. And it's and that's fine. And like any whatever group you're comfortable with, like referring to as your family, that's fine. And like Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, Natalie Wood and Sal Mineo are like three sort of like outcast people and eventually they sort of form like this new version of the nuclear family Uh, but it's like a weird alternate version Mm. and and it's beautiful and like i just i don't know i really enjoyed that about this film yeah one of my sort of beefs with the movie okay is mandy moore's character hillary fay hillary fay yeah is her is her name little over the top not so much like over the top but a little by the end of the movie she became too much of a uh she became too over the top i think because the first half of the movie she was like more reserved yeah and you know mary and her were friends you know they were and they had seemingly grown up together and like you know done all these things together they they're in a band together you know <laughs> you know they're good friends and like you said before like hillary Faye isn't necessarily evil she was misguided yeah and you know she was doing what she thought jesus wanted her to do in the same way that mary thought she was doing what jesus wanted her to do when she got pregnant so having 
Mandy Moore sort of turn out to be like the villain of the movie and not really the Nancy Allen Nancy Allen character from Carrie exactly and I started thinking about Carrie too because it ended with the the prom prom, yeah yeah to basically like she doesn't really get like redeemed and there's the uh the what's her name the the Jewish outcast girl she kind of like says like all right you know takes her out of the car and sort of puts her arm around her and like we'll get you cleaned up or whatever so it is kind of suggesting like you know she'll be okay but I almost wanted her to kind of come back at the end, like after the baby's been delivered and kind of like show up and say like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm happy for you that you've had this baby and whatever, because I think it just would have helped reinforce the idea that like, yeah, I mean, some, sometimes people act a certain way, but like, I don't think like she, was really like you know evil yeah or she was she didn't really want to see like her friends be she didn't really want to hurt them too much you know what i mean even if she did i don't think she necessarily meant it to kind of like be that that harsh maybe but i don't know she did try to get them expelled (laughs) but it's and it's the same way that like you know the um the jewish girl cassandra is her character's name yeah in the same way that, like, you know, she shows up to this prim and proper kind of school and just acts like herself and is kind of, like, crude and, you know, whatever. But she's not a bad person. And I think the same could... it's It can go both ways, you know. You can be prim and proper and kind of, like, you know, like that, but not be a bad person as well. And the two personalities can kind of clash. But... I don't know, she, her character became a little too black and white to me by the end of the movie. Yeah. And also just, like, I didn't really like the whole <clears throat> idea that, like, she was once, like, this fat sort of, you know, the big braces and the gnarly-looking teeth right. kind of, like, girl, and they sort of used that to, like, hurt her and stuff. And was, that was that was her own brother that did that to her, and that's kind of just sort of forgotten about. And almost right after that scene is when you know they find the the spray paint in the locker, and you know uh, Macaulay Culkin looks up at her and is like, "You have everything. Like, why would you do this?" But it's like you did something pretty nasty to her too, dude. And like they don't ever make up, you know. Um, so I feel like it wasn't. Although, the way she's treated him his whole life, like, oh, I'm such a good person because I'm nice to this burden I have. Right. Like, she basically uses him to get people to feel sorry for her or think she's a great person. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't even want her to take care of him. And, like, he eventually finds out, like, I don't even need anybody to take care of myself. I can just... Yeah, that's true. In, like, a somewhat unbelievable, like, yeah, I spent one day on my own. Turns out I'm great. Like, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. For the timeline of a of a you know ninety two or three minute movie, I guess it's like yeah, you give him a day on his own. He can. <laughs> but it's kind of like you know over the course of that whole year, he basically stopped relying on his sister for yeah. everything and was able to be like, hey, I can make friends on my own. I can like you know do my own thing. I wonder if um, there was like more to that story of like how he became 
uh, crippled. Like he fell out of the tree. Maybe she was in the tree. <laughs> maybe she shoved him. I was expecting that to come out at some point. Yeah, that w- that would have just made her character even worse. I think. Yeah. Just like, then it would just be like, okay, we get it. She's a horrible person, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> I think like because the movie isn't anti-Christian. No, it's anti-close-mindedness. Yeah, and anti-hypocrisy and anti-intolerance. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the film al- almost has like this sort of like Christian message in it where it's like love one another like you would love yourself love thy neighbor and you know this is a very and core philosophy maybe, of, of christianity d- maybe it was to support that that they decided to make manny moore's character so harsh as it went along so that they could show like well they're forgiving her she was a horrible person she's done these horrible things and they still forgive her yeah but like that's and that's why i don't really i didn't really feel that forgiveness right. you know and that's what i'm getting at is like it would have helped reinforce that whole idea of like you know it's the christian thing to like you know in the same way that the that the that the pastor pastor skip is like you know the the recently expelled kids the ones who caused all the damage to the school they show up at the prom and he's like you know hey you know they're here now like let's just yeah. Let them enjoy the prom because that's the Christian thing to do. Right. And then he's challenged on it when the kids from the uh, Mercy House Mercy House show up. And he's like, no, 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 we can't have you guys here. <laughs> but we see him turn on that, you know. What, what am I... I, just, I, I just wanted a little more closure from Mandy Moore. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the, in the film is when uh, Mary's mother, Mary Louise Parker, mm-hmm. is like looking out the window after Mary's had the baby and like, yeah. The pastor comes and he's like got flowers and it, she's like excited because he's going to come in and like give flowers either to her or to Mary right. or whatever. And then he's like pacing and he's like changing his mind like, no, I can't. You don't even hear what he's saying, but clearly yeah. he's wrestling with like, is this right or wrong? And mm-hmm. it's like that kind of like sums it up. It's like even the pastors, even the people everybody's listening to, they don't exactly know mm-hmm. what right and wrong is based on these rules in this book yeah it's it's, like it's totally fluid and and the pastor sort of sums it up perfectly because like you know when in the in the scene where they're at dinner and he's like you know i really want to kiss you but it would be wrong Hmm. and then uh mary louise parker has to almost like spin it in a way where it's like well if jesus is making us feel this way and it feels like good like maybe it isn't wrong (laughs) and like then they they're able to kind of he's able to sort of be like oh yeah maybe jesus does want me to feel happy you know it's like the similar to the argument against uh, christian scientists where they're like well no you're not supposed to use medicine you know if like your baby is dying it's evil to bring them to the hospital. You just pray for them. And it's like, well, maybe God gave doctors this knowledge <laughs> yeah. to help them. That's the argument that the Family Guy episode about Christian scientists used. Um. <laughs> and the whole sentiment is summed up, I think, just wonderfully in its simplicity in the end when Mary says, why would God make us all different if he wanted us all to act the same? Mm. You know, and I think it... I liked how I mean the movie is, is is simple in its in its presentation of these pretty heavy issues that so many people deal with, and I think like the the whole sort of idea of the movie is boiled down nicely into that 
one sentiment. I'm trying to think of all the actors and stuff and like think of other things they've done. Because there are some big ones. In the, I mean, Mary Louise Parker was on Weeds. Mm. And like in the early 90s, she did like Fried Green Tomatoes and Bullets Over Broadway and stuff. Patrick Fugit, who plays the pastor's son. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> I know him from... Um, what the hell is the name of that movie? That movie, he was almost famous. Uh, he's like the Cameron Crowe character in that movie. I've never seen it. Almost famous. Uh, well, he plays a character based on Cameron Crowe as a kid. It's a pretty good movie. Have you seen him in anything else? No. Like, he seems like one of those, like, names I knew. Like, he used to be big. Like Jenna Malone, I guess. And like Mandy Moore. <laughs> and like, uh, how Heather Matarazzo from Welcome to the Dollhouse. And she was in so many of these, like, kind of indie movies in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. She was on Roseanne for a couple seasons. Her character, it was kind of odd. Like, I think the last time we see her is when she finally gets that tiara. Oh, yeah. As if, like, oh, this is my this is my whole character whole arc. Yeah, <laughs> some is finally comes to a close. When, like, she, she was an, an interesting character because her sort of story was kind of subtly thrown in there where it's like at first she like she kind of wants to be a part of the inner circle and then she kind of takes mary's place and ultimately is the one to kind of prove that hillary fay was the one who spray painted the the school yeah but yeah she didn't really have like it it is weird something sort of having her final moment being like i finally got it here (laughs) one thing that was odd there there's the there's a lot of little odd things in this movie, I guess, like the tiara thing. <laughs> Just, well, I guess it um, means, I guess it kind of means like she, because now that like Hillary Faye has been shamed by, you know, in front of the whole class, she no longer is sort of like the most popular girl in school or whatever, and so maybe that crown is now passed on to, to her. Now maybe she'll just sort of take Hillary uh, Hillary Faye's place, and it's like in Heather's. Every time one dies, the other person's kind of like. I've never seen Heathers. Oh, you should see Heathers. My love for Heathers is the reason that I didn't watch this other film that also came out the same year as Saved. According to the Ebert review of Saved, it was just a a couple weeks before Saved came out, Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Because he was saying, like, oh, there's two really intelligent movies about, like, high school girls and high school politics and stuff around the same time. But I, I still haven't seen it. I... I want to now because over the years people have said that it is actually good. But when it came yeah, out, yeah, I've never I was seen Mean like, Girls either. And that, yeah, that was one where I'm like Lindsay Lohan. You know, <laughs> it was it was just like I loved Heather's. That Heather's one. Of the, I still think Heather's is like a great film, and it just looked like a ripoff of Heather's. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm told that it's not. Well, one of the things that I, that I really liked about Saved was how even though like the school that's shown, it was nothing like what South High was. No, like. It's still like the the inner personal drama was kind of familiar in that like you know when you're in high school like just like the the whole idea like oh I made this like Valentine's Day card for my crush and like should I give it to her or not and like you know all <laughs> all of that kind of like little drama it kind of just brought me back to to high school when it was like you know you're seeing like that when you have those those little crushes and stuff and it almost made me like 
you're like, oh, I kind of miss high school. <laughs> yeah, what well, I felt that way too. And I'm like, I hated high school. <laughs> yeah, I Why absolutely I... <laughs> hated high school. But like, it's like that, like re- experiencing it, like that was one of the worst parts of high school. Yeah, Having, like, totally. Crushes on people and not knowing what to do about it. And then in the <laughs> that movie, was, that they're was... like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Cause, like <laughs> that was like this, like one of that 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 is like for a, like a young <laughs> standard regular kid like wanting people wanting girls to like you and wanting to like girls and all that kind of stuff like that is like the single source of so many of your problems when you're in high school and so much inner anguish and confusion and drama yeah high school's and it makes you hate (sighs) high school yeah but then afterwards looking back you're like oh i just i wish i could go back yeah, like, there's so many things I would have done differently. I yeah, like, that, and that's the thing, is, like, you think about just, took, like, oh, I acted like such an idiot. It took, like, over a month for Brad McDuff to convince me to ask Jenna Honeyman to the prom, who I had had, like, a huge crush on. I thought she was, like, the most beautiful girl ever, and, so, and like... And I, I, I knew her, like, we'd kind of, we'd hung out, we, like, went to the mall a couple of times, but it was just, like not really anything and like she was really like one of the most popular girls in school and i just was some guy <laughs> um and like i finally got up the nerve and like asked her and then it was and then i took her to the prom and i didn't even like talk to her at all because i was terrified <laughs> oh, of her so awkward and it was just like what the fuck's the matter with you tim <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> it's rough man <sighs> no i mean like, I, like there's just so many stupid things like that yeah like, totally yeah, there was this girl that I was sort of like, kind of dating for like, like so long during my senior year, and like we talk on the phone all the time and stuff, and we would sort of go on dates, I guess, like to parties or to the movies and stuff, but it was just just so fucking awkward, because <laughs> like, I was just terrified and I didn't know what to do or say or anything. And, um, yeah, that year I ended up going to her prom and that was, uh, oh, that was a nightmare, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) 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 But like, I, you know, it's like I, I spent the whole year kind of like looking back, I'm like, man, like, you know, we, that, that relationship could have like gone further, but like, I was just too terrified to take it anywhere you know yeah i didn't you don't you don't know what to do <laughs> you there's know, no, fucking... have no idea what to do it's terrible we don't have a bible telling us what to do with all yeah. these rules we don't like there's just and and that's the thing that is the like... bible says what to do about stuff like that which is one of its basic flaws <laughs> but, but that's what christianity kind of like or a lot of christians try they build their faith around like you know everything you need to know in life Every everything you, you question yourself, you question your motives all the time, and you stack it up ne- against the Bible and say like, you know, where are the rules? And you kind of have to try to find them yourself. And that's the answer to like literally every question in, that Mary has in the movie is like, you know, what should I do? Is like, well, you gotta like, gotta ask Jesus. You gotta see what Jesus would want you to do. And I mean, high school. The only is... thing she actually ever sees Jesus or hears Jesus <laughs> say to her is have sex with your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, high school is hard enough as it is, but, like, squeezing Jesus into the middle of all that just makes it, like, infinitely harder. And just seeing, like, just how 
even more awkward things are between Mary and uh, was it Dean? Yeah. When you know, like he's she's like putting his hands on her breasts, like anything. Uh, are, you, are you feeling anything? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, like they're just so like repressed, you know. I mean, I just like to point out, like we say, like oh, that's what it was like in high school, and like, I mean. You know, you you've got a girlfriend you live with and stuff, but for me, I still am that way. <laughs> I still just have like these ridiculous crushes on people to do anything about it, and then just like, oh, I should have talked to her. But yeah, that, I, don't that's, that's... I don't know if it really ever goes away. <laughs> well, it goes away when you're in a relationship with somebody. Yeah, which that and that's the thing. Like as soon as I like sort of was in like a good, stable relationship, it was suddenly like that flip was the the switch was suddenly flipped where it was like, I could finally turn that stupid way of thinking off. And I just became way more relaxed. And then, yeah, I mean, you just see all these other opportunities and you're like, Oh man, when I was single, like this is all I had to do is just act myself, you know? And it's just so much easier to talk to people and like <laughs> be a real person. And it's like, that's what I was confused about all these, all those years, you know? But, yeah. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that, though, right now, honestly. It's yeah, nice. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, like, you know, inserting Jesus into everything you do in your life. There was this really great scene in the movie where it's sort of like is, I guess, at the, the, at the end, at the, the start of, like, the final act of the movie, where everyone finds out the truth that she's pregnant and, like, she's going to be sent away to the camp or whatever yeah and we sort of and then and, and um cassandra drives away from uh roland and we sort of have this montage where we're like dissolving between all the different characters and seeing where they are in their life and then in the middle of all that we just dissolve to the uh the giant cutout of jesus just like on his face with like the sun shining behind him and then we just continue on to other characters and it's sort of like you could see it as just a throwaway thing but i like it because it's like he's like this other character and in the middle of all these other people like to them it's like he is this real person that is just as much a part of their lives as everybody else is and uh he's and he's he's up there and he's just sort of watching over everybody doing their going about their crazy lives this was the same year that The Passion of the Christ came out, right? Was 2004? It? Was it really 2004? That's crazy. I mean, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Because I remember Apocalypto came out 2004. in 2006, which was Mel Gibson's next movie, so yeah, it would probably be like two years. I liked um It was really interesting how all the students seemed to be so naive about certain things. Like the scene where we as the audience and like Cassandra and Macaulay Culkin's character, Roland, um, mm-hmm. and like they, they see that like, Oh, Patrick as Jesus all scantily clad on the cross. Yeah. It has a sexual thing, but I feel like all the people in the audience are just like, yeah, what? No, that's just how it is. That's, mm-hmm. they don't realize. <laughs> but that, like, I mean, it's even more over the top cause he's wearing this like gold, golden thong thing. <laughs> Speedo. He's like moaning and he's all sweaty. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I feel like right around in that time, like 2004, I guess, 
there seemed to be this kind of like like being able to joke about Christianity almost became a little more acceptable in some way. Well, that was and it maybe it wasn't like right in that year, but like right. it, it had kind of been like reaching a, a sort of like point. Unfortunately, Christianity has become tied up with right-wing conservative politics. Right. And early 2000s, we had the whole, all the post-9-11, George W. Bush just... That was right after, I mean, 03 was when we went into Iraq. And yep. he was like, oh, God told me to do this or whatever. Yep. He's bullshit. So, anyway. Um, and it was there was a nice touch, like, in one of the classroom scenes in Saved. There's just, like, a poster of George W. Bush hanging on the, on the classroom wall. Yeah. And, like, they never talk about him or they don't talk about politics at all really in the movie but i just liked it It was a nice subtle touch like it was when i went to that girl's house that i was seeing it would like that was i didn't i'd never really been exposed to like christianity or or that kind of christianity or like super right-wing conservative or anything they in their living room or not their living room in their dining room they had like facing each other like on one wall they had um um, a cross and on the other wall was like a framed photo of Bush and Cheney Ugh. and in between was a rack of rifles <laughs> oh my god I was so like I don't belong here what's happening <laughs> so weird and um I don't know there's like when you really look at I mean and again it's open to interpretation like when I think of my interpretation of certain things in the bible it doesn't go with conservative politics at all yeah but then other people are like well liberal equals Mm anti-bible or something like it's it's ridiculous because it's it's up to everybody to interpret it for themselves really and like but to be fair like there are a lot of closed-minded liberals yes as well who are just kind of like very dismissive of the bible and of christianity and they kind of just say like Ugh, that's that's a bunch of it's for the sheeple. That's what I was expecting you know? saved to be, to have that <laughs> attitude. I was pleasantly surprised. It's like if you believe that, like I believe in science. You know, I I believe in, you know, I'm an atheist. You know, because I believe in science and facts and truth. And you believe in magic. <laughs> you know, that that is kind of an an attitude. And like people just don't, don't want anything to do with with the Bible at all. It's it's gotten some bad PR because of people like Bush. <laughs> yeah, and it's like well, no, no, I can I, understand, equals I can understand kind of the, the sort of revulsion because I mean you can point to so many and I mean historically you can point to so many different horrible things have been done horrible things in, in the name God's of name yeah and, in the name of yeah. Christianity or even not even in the name of Christianity like the whole you know the sex scandals with the priests and the and the bishops and the clergymen and the Pope covering it up and doing it just like all this shit that is just completely wrong and just goes against everything that Christianity should stand for. Yeah. It is hard to kind of get past that and look at it in a, in a more kind of, I don't know, unbiased sort of way. Because I truly believe that like there are, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from a lot of the, the stories in the Bible. If you look at it just as that, like they're stories in the same way that you can get a lot of wisdom out of any kind of great story that you either read or great 
film that you watch or anything or great character great characters who inspire you to be better than you are the story of jesus like has that ability and and his uh and the things that he actually did teach i believe like if you follow those things not in like a religious way but in just a a more practical way i guess then it can help improve your life just by being like good to other people it can really make your life better because you're letting go of all of your negative emotions about things not holding grudges not holding hate in your heart because that will just make you an angry hateful negative person and people won't like you (laughs) and you'll be sad and like there's nothing to be gained there so yeah i mean i don't know like there there is no black and white basically like you can you can gain a lot from not just christianity but like any number of religious ideas without adhering to or proclaiming yourself a member of any of the religions like i don't consider myself an atheist but i don't consider myself you know a member of any of any of the religions i don't necessarily consider myself a christian even though you know i was born and raised that way i'm closer to christian than anything else yeah i I am know if i'm yeah you know honestly i am closer to christian than i am atheist yeah i i think like i could see believing in something but not knowing but i can't imagine just like believing and like knowing for sure like yeah no there's no god like Mm -hmm. there might i could understand agnosticism like maybe there's a god no one really knows can't prove there is one can't prove there isn't one atheism just like blows my mind i can't imagine the same like no i know the same closed-minded idea that like i know for a fact that there is a god and he wants people to act this way yeah it's the same exact thing as saying i know for a fact that there is no god and and the when tricky thing die, is there's no nothing hap- like we just decay in the ground and there's no afterlife. And the tricky thing is there's no no one can ever know any of this these things. It's all faith. They just have to believe in any of these things, atheism or theism or whateverism you anything. Yeah. Subscribe to. Ugh. Yeah, I recently went to the theater to see Noah. The Darren Aronofsky movie that came out. <laughs> which is a the biblical story of Noah's Ark in all of its blockbuster form. <laughs> and I really liked it a lot, actually. It kind of, like, made... And I watched an interview with Darren Aronofsky, and he was saying how, like, he, he, was, he really wanted to sort of reinvent the biblical epic, which, you know, biblical epics used to be made. You know, like the Ten Commandments and... Ben Hur, the robe, but they've kind of fell out of fashion, and the kind of biblical movies that are made more so today are stuff like that just feel a little too preachy almost, and they usually have like very small budgets, and, you and they're can not very tell. cinematic. Yeah, they're, exactly, they're not very. cinematic. They're made by people who are putting the message 
before like the it's like all content no style right yeah yeah exactly no subtlety just like you know because they're afraid that people won't get it right and that's the thing with like with noah that i was just impressed with is that i mean it functions like even if you're not like a religious person like you can watch it and conceivably enjoy the movie without believing in it and of course there are people you know fundamentalists who without even seeing the movie are very dismissive of it and other people who have seen the movie are just like just get so caught up in like these little details that my friend nick hasn't they just seen can't it, get past and he was upset that it was being made mm. and like and there were he said some things that he had heard about it mm-hmm. but again he hadn't seen it and he was like it doesn't make any sense why they would have this in the movie and i'm like well they need the story itself is like what a page and a half at most yeah. like they need to put something else in there like and like and noah doesn't even speak in the story like it's just a very it's just like this is what happened there was a flood noah built an ark all the animals got in the ark <laughs> there's a rainbow <laughs> there's a rainbow yeah. they find land his one of his kids like sees him drunk and naked so he condemns allegedly the offspring of the one kid to be the slaves the other ones and that's what people in the south used to use an excuse for slavery Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i mean like thank you noah for slavery (laughs) and so this movie like it in noah's the story of noah's ark was something that i always kind of just like dismissed among the bible stories and especially like in the old testament more so dismissed it as one that like isn't necessarily one of the more important stories but it's like the beginning of what we have now. <laughs> yeah. And because, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there's Adam and Eve. That's, the, you know, you got the creation story. And then there's like Moses, who's like, that's a big, you know, part of it. That's important. Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments you know, that, the, that's the Exodus. And, yeah. All the rules. But Noah just kind of like, <laughs> it always just felt like that children's story, you know, where it's like. And he got on the ark with the giraffes and the hippos and the elephants. And... So it's always been portrayed. So, yeah. and I mean, I mostly like my main source for that has always been like the Silly Symphonies Disney cartoon version of it. Like when I when I think of Noah, like in my head, I picture like those images. Right, the robe, the long white beard, <clears throat> feeding hay to a horse or yeah. something. And I've never seen John Huston as Noah in um, the Bible, one of the last biblical epics of the era when there were a bunch of them Mm. it seemed to be in that vein also this movie uh noah aronofsky's movie really made me appreciate the story on such a new kind of level because and it's like and it is such a very fascinating story because it is one of the first things that happens in in the old testament the world is created and then he creates man man sins and basically causes the world to kind of go to hell and God decides to erase what he's created. And the implication is that like we are living in like a world that was not what God intended it to be originally. 
and this is this is a fascinating idea and the way that they that they play it up in the movie is is really really cool because you get this sort of sense that like the world that Noah is inhabiting is this sort of like the earth feels freshly made and the earth feels like the the laws of physics aren't necessarily like set in stone yet mm. like this is it it feels like an ancient world that almost sl- operates at a slightly different kind of pace than our world and it uh i i really loved it it made it made the the old testament kind of come to life in in a way that i'd never seen before and it made me kind of i don't know excited about that vision of of the bible so i would recommend noah I want to see it. Nolan loved it. It seems like Nolan would really like it, I, I, I can imagine. He also loved the new version of RoboCop. Oh, really? I, I didn't see <laughs> RoboCop. Yeah. There's a scene early on in Saved where they're at a uh, a shooting range. Oh, yeah. Um, Mandy Moore's character and Jenna Malone's character. And... I it's it was very early in the film so I was thinking like okay it's going to get like political and stuff cuz like guns are very political in this in the way that like Christianity can be very political like but it never actually went that way it was just like this weird matter of fact thing it's like this is a normal thing for these girls to do right they happen to hang out there like you go to the shooting range and practice shooting yeah, some guy in the dick <laughs> like oh there just happens to be a picture of George W Bush on the right, wall although yeah. a lot of schools well in elementary school, at least, we always had the president's picture on the wall. But then once you got to high school, you never really saw that. It, it would be weird, I think. I don't remember seeing the president's picture on the wall like that. Maybe it was just... I definitely know that we had it in kindergarten. Because I remember them changing presidents. Not to make myself sound ridiculously old, but my... The beginning of my first year of elementary school, like I remember, or not the beginning, but I guess in January when inauguration happens, they took down Reagan's picture mm. and put up Bush Senior. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, maybe my kindergarten teacher was a Republican then. I don't know. I just assumed I, that like I remember in first grade doing a mock election because mm. the next election was happening. Yeah, and so we were asked to like you know vote for who you wanted out of. George Bush Sr., Bill Clinton, and Ross Perot. Yeah. And I voted for Ross Perot. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, my reasoning for not voting for Bush was like, well, you know, he had his, he did his, he had his chance, like, or, he, you know, he can take a break now. And I don't know why I chose Ross Perot necessarily over Bill Clinton, but. Because you were a kid, and he looked like a le- little leprechaun yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. I mean, thinking back, like, I don't really know, like, what the purpose of that kind of a mock election would even be to, like, a first grade class. I think it's just so you have some idea of who these people are. Yeah, maybe. Or, like, and just the idea of voting yeah. on the president. I remember, like, doing stuff like that and just thinking, like, oh, I guessed right. <laughs> like that's how I looked at it. Like, yeah, like, like you're just you're guessing who's gonna win. It's right. like oh, I guessed it. It's Clinton. Clinton won. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just I, it seems like it would be like 
why not have the president's picture in a school, at least elementary school? Because it's if you do it for like certain presidents and not for the others, then you are politicizing it. Right. I remember when Obama first took office, there was like a controversy. Well, it wasn't really a controversy. There was a story reported as a controversy on Fox News mm. uh, because like some like kindergarten class, I guess um, they sang a song and they like filmed it or something. Right. And it was I like for Obama. That. I remember that. Yeah. And it was they were so upset. It's like they're indoctrinating these children for Obama. And it's yeah, because like, it was like congratulations, Obama. You've been elected. Yeah, president. it's like they're not indoctrinating like children for either side. They're saying we're Americans. You're our president. Which, which is what they preached for eight years when George Bush was president. It yeah. was like we must stand by our president. It doesn't matter what side of the of the of the rail you fall and on. He's our president at the end of the day, and we have to support him. And, and like liberal or conservative or whatever, like I don't think like anybody should ever think that way. You should always be questioning your leaders, but you should also just be able to be like, you know, like. I never cared for Bush, but, oh, he's our president, and there's a picture of Bush, and I shouldn't, it should just be like, I shouldn't read anything into its presence, but the way things are, we both did read something into that picture's presence there, right, and it's yeah. like... Well, because there was such a, um... I feel like for years, it's like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, it's the 50s, there's Eisenhower's picture, right. there's Kennedy, there's Johnson, there's all, and it's like, whatever... But now it's like everything is. Oh, you can't just have anyone. Detail, it's yeah. like he's supposed to be everybody's president. Let's yeah. just in, in, any government building, even though I mean the school and this is like a, a private school, but still like any government building, like why not have the president's picture? Well, yeah, I mean like he's our figurehead. Yeah, but it does kind of like start to go into the propaganda side of things, where if you're overly idolizing the president like there's the um the documentary jesus camp was that the name of the documentary yeah i haven't seen it i i only saw some of it but part of it that i saw was like they had like a cardboard cutout standy like life-size cardboard cutout of george bush and it was like this this jesus camp where like they bring all these kids and like you know like teach them all this kind of kooky kind of stuff and in the scene, like they they had the, the the cardboard standy up like on by the altar, and all the kids would go and like pray to him, and like would be like crying at his feet and like you know just doing all this kind of weird shit, like idolizing him basically. Yeah, and... that's not what I'm talking about <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, but I mean, and then you look at like a place like North Korea, where everywhere you go, there are you know portraits and murals and huge statues and all this kind of stuff to the the family of you know the Kim Jong Il. Yeah, yeah. Kim Kim Jong Sun and Kim Jong Il and Kim Jong Un. Is it Un or Un? Un? Yeah. I don't know. The but, Kim Jongs. Yeah, the Kim Jongs family. Yeah. And how you know that they that, that it doesn't take much to kind of like become that that country you know but i feel like in elementary school like it, it could be like just I, I would see it as part of the education, the education just so, right. so you know who that is right. you see Getting that you, face I, you know yeah if you're in junior high and you don't know who the president is you're an idiot and you should just drop out now that's true but like you know, if you're like six years old or something and like it 
you look up at the wall, there's the flag. Oh, that's what the flag is. Mm-hmm. And then next to it, there's a picture like, oh, that's who the president is. And there is this whole kind of like notion that like even you, Timmy, can grow up to be president. And so they, they are kind of like holding the position up in esteem. Yeah. Not necessarily the person. And then I'm sure, you know, then you go and home that should and be you, the distinction. you listen to your parents complain about whoever the president right. is all the time. And then, I don't know. And then you go into your first grade elections and you <laughs> vote for whichever candidate. And the teacher says, why did you vote for this person? Because my daddy says that if the, this person runs the country, we're all going to go to hell. And the teacher's like, oh, well, <laughs> okay. And there's a chance now, well, this there, sometimes this might happen, where like, they, why didn't you vote for this person? Because my daddy said Negroes are evil. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and then there's after school meetings. And anyway, apparently the shooting range thing, it's it's kind of like, just to get back to that, mm-hmm. um, it was supposed to sort of have like, not a payoff, I guess, but it could relate to something that was uh, originally, instead of just Manny Moore's character taking the van and just driving into Jesus, she was going to actually shoot up the school. Whoa. Which I'm so glad they changed. They probably changed it because they were like, oh, it's five years after Columbine. But it just seems like that's so out of left field. That's well, that, not what that movie is about seems like at that all. That was probably inspired by Columbine. Yeah. and Because I, I quickly read over the Wikipedia article about the director, uh, Brian... Danley? Dan- Danley. And... Uh, he was saying there was some sort of a thing that said like part of the the idea for the movie came out of the uh, Columbine, and I was like Columbine, like that's random. I don't know where that's coming from, but that makes more sense. Like, but yeah, I mean, in the, within the context of the movie, it would have just been like, what the hell? And maybe in the first draft of the script, it would have made perfect sense. But it's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, she's already not a sympathetic character but she's like you can sort of be like well she was raised this way and like but but it's just that would just completely it would muddy the whole yeah Yeah, I mean I could see this being a movie that was inspired by Columbine though because I mean at I mean it's changed people Columbine has changed over the years even though it was an event that happened and it's over it Which, still it, changes. It's funny that we're bringing this up now, too, because the anniver- yesterday the 15th was, anniversary. Yeah, yesterday just, was the 15th anniversary. Yeah. But, like, at the time... Well, okay, that day, the way it was first portrayed, like, people... Like, my friends and I were hearing about it, and the way we interpreted it that day, I should clarify, mm-hmm. um, was, like, these people were getting picked on, right? and one day they decided to fight back. So they brought guns to school, and they shot their oppressors right and then slowly like you know you heard more things and more information and you find out that no they just were shooting at random and some of the people they shot at were apparently just great people or whatever but like we don't actually know because if a, if a, if a child is murdered nobody's going to be like well he was an asshole right. of course they're going to say <laughs> no he was a great guy yeah. and like they're i mean it brought up all these things about like high school politic yeah, type yeah. things and like the way that like teenagers relate to each other in school and stuff like that. So I could see this sort of coming from that. And like maybe like in that year, like five years after, like maybe that also is why Mean Girls came out around the same time. Like mm. it was just like 
people's minds were going that way. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Like, what the hell is with all these teenagers not being nice to each other? Mm-hmm. And even more so today, like, it's kind of, or, I mean, I guess, like, maybe a year or two ago, it kind of reached its peak where there was this whole, like, anti-bullying campaign mm. going around on, like, the internet and stuff. Or now bullying is kind of like this epidemic almost, or is viewed as such. And it's probably always been the same. It's just you hear about it now more because yeah. of social media, and there's and, more and, ways. And it's this reaction because seemingly there are like every year there's like a new report of like a school shooting, new incident. Yeah, you know. Even leading up to Columbine, it seemed like I remember in when I the year before Columbine in '98. I remember hearing about a school shooting and being like, didn't that just happen last year? Mm. And it was like, wow, it happens every spring. And then I wrote this horrible punk song called It Happens Every Spring about school shootings that is lost somewhere. So probably for the best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then like it was weird because then the next spring Columbine happened and then that was like a big one. And I'm not I don't remember what was not big about the other school shootings. Maybe it was less people or something. I don't know. But I remember, like, last year... Was last year... Was that Sandy Hook? Uh, December 2012. Okay, so almost last year. Yeah. year and a half ago. A year and four months ago. Yeah. Um, well, sometime after that, I remember, like, reading about... How even though it seems like school shootings are on the rise... It's actually not the case. Like, yeah. there there are more school shootings, apparently. And this is, you know, like about a year ago I read this article. So, um, But apparently, like, back in, like, the 1950s, there were more school shootings per year than there are today. Um, and there's some year in, in, in the 1950s that had, like, some crazy amount of school shootings. Wow. And over time, like, we've actually, like, kind of gotten there's been less and less it's just that you hear about it so much more today and the way that it's covered in the media and stuff it's like it's just everywhere that's so weird because like the 50s were a time when like people were defining what it was to be a teenager yeah and like what it was to be in high school Mm because like when like the idea of high school when did that even start yeah right because like you think back like just to like a hundred years ago people weren't like oh, i'm going to high school because mm-hmm. it's what i do it's like you it's just so weird like and now it's just like well that's the way it's always been yeah it feels that there way. are so many things that are that's the way it's always been and they're so new yeah even things like um the pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. um the the line in it under god is yeah. from the 50s yeah and the pledge had been around for, I don't know how many years before that. Yeah, and now it's just like, well, that's the way it's always been. We can't take it out. Like, that's, that's the way it's always been. It's like, like we can now. add, but we can't subtract. But like, Well, now it's now like, you, you, we wouldn't, you, you wouldn't even be able to add anything. Yeah. Like, now it's just like, we've reached such a point where, like, people are just so unwilling to change anything. Because, because why? Because, I don't know, because that's just the way it's always been, and it's it's scary. It's like, oh, why can't we have socialized medicine? Why can't we have, uh, why can't college be paid for with uh, tax money? Or, or even dumb like things like, like, well, no, like, why do we have to change Pluto's classification? No. <laughs> yeah. It's not the way that I was taught. I was taught that Pluto was a planet. 
that we had nine planets. Now you're telling me that we only have eight? This is bullshit. This is wrong. This can't be that way. But it's like, dude, it doesn't even matter. Every few (laughs) years, people try to um, get us to go metric. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we can't do that. Because then I would be confused for a moment. (laughs) I would be confused for just a little while. And then I would adapt. I'd have to adapt. You'd make me adapt. That's, I can't allow that. And that's why, like, things just seemingly, we just, like, can't, like, get anything real done, you know? Because, like, everybody has, like, a fucking voice, and everybody wants to, like, voice their opinion. And that's fine. I mean, we're doing that right now. But you just can't pander to the lowest common denominator all the fucking time. Sometimes you just have to do things for the greater good and, like, say, you know, you'll just have to deal with it for now but you'll get over it because you always do <laughs> it's just nuts so anyway saved I give it a thumbs up way up I, lo- I liked it a lot thank you Erica for the suggestion it was it was a good movie and I, I probably you. never would have watched it without the suggestion so yeah I'm glad I saw it me too I think that'll about wrap it up for this episode. Um, we have one week left. Have we decided what we're watching? We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know what we're going to watch. And yeah, unless someone's got a really great suggestion, then maybe we'll watch that. But until then, thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Talking Movies. I'm Max. I'm Tim. And we'll see you next time. And falling down on your knees, asking for sympathy. And being caught in between all you wish for and all you see. And trying to find anything you can feel that you can believe in. Make God's love be with you.